You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted, a conversation on Christian ministry and the Christian life. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And today we have a special guest with us, Brett Risley from Woo-hoo! Iowa. Welcome back, Brett. Welcome, Brett. <laughs> hey, guys. We're recording this over Zoom, so hopefully uh, everything works well and people can hear us and praise but God for technology. They can't see his his uh, Salt Lake sweatshirt, even though he is in freezing cold Iowa, ice storm Iowa. Yeah, it's great. Another snowpocalypse in the great city <laughs> of Des Moines. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm glad we're doing this in-house and, and in the comfort of some warm indoors rather than on location on the street. Uh, <laughs> we ever, we Yikes. On location on the street just so we can enjoy the fun of that. Cars oh, going by. Absolutely. The reason we're here like a- and, and meeting with Brett today is because uh, we're getting ready, uh, Brian and I, to go to a preaching workshop with the uh, Simeon Trust Ooh, Charles Simeon in, Trust. in just a couple of weeks. And Brett has gone to these workshops before. Have you gone once or twice or... Yeah, twice over the last two years. Where do you where do you go to them, or which ones have you gone to? Yeah, so I live in Des Moines, uh, Iowa, and they have a workshop every year here in Des Moines. And it's in Des Moines. Uh, so That's convenient. Yeah, thank thankfully for me, I live on like the north northwest part of Des Moines in a n- smaller city. Um, but um, yeah, it's only twenty minutes for me to drive to the nice. church that hosts it every year. It's at the same church, a great e free church here in town, solid church, and uh, yeah, been able to go two years in a row. Have they? Has it been to that church for longer than that? And you just plugged in, or did they just start two years ago? No, they've been doing it. So they've been doing Simeon Trust workshops in Des Moines, and I don't know this perfectly, but they've been in Des Moines, I think, for probably a decade. Oh, okay. Um, maybe even more. This church that I've been going to, uh, it's called Westchester E Free. Um, I think they've been hosting it for at least the last six to eight years. There's a there's a pretty big following in Des Moines. Um, for Simeon Trust. And so it's been pretty cool to see it grow uh, over the last few years, especially. We got a ton of questions for you about the workshops, yeah. but on that yeah. note, did you, so you've gone to two, you said? Yep. Did, did you see it the second time? Did you see a lot of the people that were there the first time? Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of repeat type. I know you planning on going to a third. Like, are you going to go back and do another one? I think so. I mean, Every year, and we'll get into this probably more too, but every year they pick a different genre of literature to uh, be the main course of study for the workshop. So the first year that I went, they were doing Old Testament narratives. So we studied Judges. Um, And then last year they were doing Gospels and we did John. And I don't know what next year's workshop will be. There was rumors that it would be an epistle. So, you know, a lot of those to choose from. (laughs) We're going to an epistle. Yeah. Second Timothy. Nice. This is helpful. Nice. This is exactly why we have you on the podcast because I want to know what to expect, you know, what to prepare for. It's nice to know that you can go multiple times and it's different, and you're going through different topics and different things. It's not just well, I went once, so I'm good. Yeah. So we're getting ready to go, and, and there's some prep work you have to do, kind of on the on the beforehand before you go out there, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. Yes. Did, did you do the pre work? You were prepped, right? I did. Oh, I good. did. Uh, the first year that I went. Weren't? I just interrupted you, but were there people who didn't? Oh yeah. Oh bummer. Like anyway, like any good class, bummer. you've got like any good class. You know, you've got the straight A students who were sitting in the front row and they did their homework and they're like, "I did everything." You know, like what a teacher's pet. You know, <laughs> and uh, and then you've got the people who are like, "Oh, I didn't know what to do, so I did nothing." And then you've got the people in between who are like, "I think I figured it out, but I'm not really confident in it." You know, and then you've got the very small minority of people who've been doing it for a long time who are like, "Yeah, I did it." pretty easy you know so it's it really depends on you know 
there's a lot to talk about here, but if you're not familiar with expository preaching and the exegetical work that that entails, you're going to be really probably overwhelmed with the homework for you guys. Uh, you guys preach that way, teach that way. Um, it's probably not going to be that harder or overwhelming. Um, it was newer to me a little bit, but not really because we spent time, you know, doing ministry together and doing expository preaching and things like that. And so I was familiar with what most of the sermon prep uh, worksheets entailed, but they're still just, they do it kind of a slightly different way than other things I'd learned. So basically before you sign up, you get a worksheet. It's called, I guess it's called their sermon preparation worksheet. It's just right. two pages front and back. It's pretty short, but obviously they have a pathway or kind of a, you know, a process that they want you to practice. And so you'll get assigned two passages um, depending on whatever, you know, book you're studying. So the first year was judges. So I got assigned two different, uh, passages in judges and then had to fill out a worksheet showing my work essentially, you know, what's the melodic line, which is like, what's the theme of the book? What's this, what's the main point of your passage? Um, what, what, what would be your preaching outline, you know, and you don't have to preach it to anybody, but they just want to basically see how would you prepare if you were going to, and you want to, they want to see your work essentially. And so and that's you, the part that, that kind of makes me nervous the most is I, I haven't been preaching that much. I've got maybe 30 sermons under my belt. Yeah, you know, a little, yeah, yeah. I'm getting some more. You've got way more than that because you used to be one of my pastors here in Salt Lake. <laughs> so as someone who's maybe a little not much more, but inexperienced yeah. in that area, should I be nervous about kind of bringing that worksheet to some other experienced pastors or are they kind of kind and loving in that? Or? Don't draw doodles on it and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no cartoons and you'll be fine. No. <laughs> No, I was definitely nervous. I mean, I I, I haven't preached near even uh, comparably to Brian, you know, or other pastors. I don't preach full time. I'm an associate pastor, so I don't preach every week. I preach probably 10 times a year, maybe 20 now. I'm not sure. But um, I was a little bit nervous as well, not because I'm like, I have no idea how to study the text. It's more of I'm nervous in terms of am I doing what they're asking for? And am, is my work kind of, you know, hitting on what they're looking for and just the kind of an insecurity of like, am I doing this the right way compared to what they're wanting? But, um, you know, have you, it's, have you done any online courses? I have access to them. I have started the first principles and haven't finished it. The first principles is, I mean, so I've, I, I think I'm doing the commercial Did, there's probably like some people who stand up and do commercials when you're there. They've asked me to do one of those, like, Hey, promote these things. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm promoting the online courses. Cause I've done, Almost all of them. I don't know which one. I don't think I've done the the nice. poetry like this, but I've done almost mm. all of them. And I think once you start to see their system, you start to realize, okay, okay, I get what they're doing. So I think that yeah. that'll at least make me feel you're doing first principles. Yeah, have you done first, have you done first principles before you went to your first workshop? So that nope. was probably maybe some of that nervousness too, is like, yeah, oh, quite what they're getting. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways that people approach hermeneutics and exegesis and different things like that. And so I had learned bits and pieces of that through seminary and other things, you know, and stuff that we would work on together, even in ministry. But they have a specific roadmap called the pathway, right? And they walk you through that. And so, you know, working on the worksheets was, you know, fun. It was like, wow. And honestly, for me, Judges was like, I hadn't dig dug into that book a whole lot either. So that was kind of a newer book to me to study. And so... Uh, yeah, it was a little intimidating, not going to lie, for the first workshop, because you don't know what to expect. They don't exactly know what they want with these worksheets. They're, they tell you to kind of be brief because it's only they don't they don't want you to print, you know, 10 pages. They say print your worksheet front and back 
and then print 10 copies for your small group. And basically they're like, you know, you don't, we don't want to see 20 pages. We don't want to see 10. We want to see one page. I'm like, whoa. So you really have to boil it down to what are the main things, you know, the main timeless principles, the main application, a short outline of what you would preach. Um, so it was a little intimidating, but I love, I don't know how, you know, if you want me just to kind of keep rambling into different aspects of what I enjoyed about it Amble or away. if you had specific questions, but. Well, we do have one very specific question. We don't want to run out of time on the snacks. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> was your host church providing you stuff? Were there good breaks? Like, uh, how'd you yeah. feel like that went? <laughs> I need a pack bar. That's what I want to know. Yeah, no, it was great, actually. I mean, I don't, I'm sure every every church does it differently, but thankfully for the church that we had it at, it was phenomenal hospitality, you know, unlimited coffee and water and, and flavored waters and snacks and donuts and homemade stuff, the catered lunch, super nice, very well done, very professional. Um, I feel so like they definitely do though, good. Like you have your session, right? Like they're, they're teaching. Then you had your breakouts where you're in your small groups. I've seen that on the schedule and stuff. Um, and I think some of the, I think that's where some of the online courses have gotten some of their, their material from is various workshops, but, uh, but were there, there were, were you able to like network with people? Were there good breaks? Did you feel like the whole structure of the two days flowed well? I mean, ramble away, but yeah. those are some of the bigger questions we're trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll kind of start with what I think would be the, the greatest strengths uh, for these workshops. Like, um, definitely the great environment. I think it's, I think it's three days, actually, at least mine was it's three days, um, two full days and kind of a short half day on the third day. Um, so definitely a lot. I mean, it's like eight to five, basically for the first two days. And then I think it's like, you know, eight to noon on the third day. So it's a lot of hours. It's a big commitment, but I think one of the best strengths of it are the variety of teaching and learning methods that are deployed in throughout that whole workshop. It's not just sit and listen to a lecture for 20 hours. So they've got explanation. Here's the concept. Here's the principle. And then they combine that in the midst of the large group session with demonstration. So if I'm teaching on the, the principle of exegesis or something, I'll say, here's the principle. And now open your Bibles to John 4. We're going to see how this works. If here's the principle of theological reflection, open your Bible. We're going to look at eight, you know, Mark 9. And so they're, they're and they do that in the large group setting. So it's like the guest speaker, whoever that guy is And our session, our workshop was probably maybe only 80 to 90 guys. So it wasn't huge. So you could do that in a room, one room where you could say, all right, everyone turn to Mark nine. And then he'll just say, all right, so what do we see here? And then anyone in the room can just kind of say, oh, we see this. So we see that. And the speaker is in, engaging with all of us as we're all opening our Bibles together. So I think that is helpful. Which, which exactly, if you do the other, I don't think they do that. I think the first principles class is David Helm in a small room, but I think mm -hmm. the other online courses, they're not always at the same courses, but you'll notice like they're in a big group. They're doing some, mm -hmm. you see some of that in those yeah. online courses. They edit them. So you're not sitting there listening to everybody shout out the answers. Like, yeah, which is good. Ahead, but, but you can <laughs> tell that. So it sounds like that's a, probably where they took a lot of those, those classes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's helpful and it, it makes it feel less intimidating. You know, it's it's kind of more of a casual, informal environment. Obviously, it's formal in terms of teaching. They've got slides. They've got an iPad that as they draw different or, you know, they draw different things or put things and up they on have the their, They have a whole set of pictures because you, yep. you go through more of those online courses like, wait a minute. OK, so let's draw a melodic line picture. That's the same picture. Let's draw a drunk yeah. guy. I was like David Helm, I think, obviously created yeah. all the pictures for him. <laughs> but yeah, well, it is. It, yeah. 
All right. I was just going to ask kind of what no, was the dress code? I feel oh, like churches question. are all very different. I know some churches where you have to wear a shirt and tie and jacket to every class. Was the dress code pretty casual there or what should our listeners expect? Yeah, I mean, again, probably expect? every work. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I mean, in California, I don't know, man. I mean, it's probably more casual there than it is in Iowa. Most of the guys at ours are wearing, you know, jeans and a polo. Some guys are tucking their shirts in and it got, you know, no one's in a suit and tie, you know, okay. it's, it's even the speakers, you know, which we didn't have David Helm. I think the, I can't remember who the, the main Simeon guys were that we had the first one, but we've had like Greg Gilbert at the last one. I mean, they're just, they're, in a, you know, button down shirt tucked in with jeans, you know, so pretty, pretty casual. Um, it was cold here too. So <laughs> that's why. I feel like communication has been really great. You know, Brian and I, we're about two weeks out from our class <laughs> and already the host church has sent us kind of our, our passages that we need to fill out that worksheet on and, and a copy of the worksheet and some explanation on how to fill out that worksheet. Uh, I even got a text message from my host church just saying, hey, did you get everything? Did you have any questions? So I feel like that's been really great. I had a back and forth. I actually emailed him oh, okay. Daniel's going with us. Right. And they were really gracious to allow him to come and shadow because he's under their age requirement right. but he's That's your de son. desperate to be a pastor and want to preach and so it was good like yeah. a lot of good back and forth it, it worked really well is there anything that you would say oh man I, I wish i had known this beforehand or hey plan to do this or maybe bring this with you something that maybe wasn't talked about that you thought hey this is really helpful if you do x besides your bible it's pretty obvious you probably <laughs> should bring your bible right <laughs> oh man yeah if you don't There's show up with a bible their phones did you do, sorry, but like no. I want, like it seems like you'd want your paper no. Bible, like yeah, completely. yeah. I I would say if you show up with just your phone, you're going to be looked at as a noob, you know. Like, <laughs> like just don't be that guy. I mean, I saw no tablets, I saw no phones. I mean, everyone's carrying around a paper Bible, and they give you at least at ours, they gave us a free, really nice ESV, you know, leather Bible as a gift for you know, be in there. So I don't know if they do that at every workshop, but that was going to be one of my questions too. Cause I hear it would be my friend and I, we both preach from the Christian standard Bible. And I was wondering, am I yep. going to look weird? Do they have like a translation they use? Did they use the ESV or do I need to bring my King James Bible? That's a pretty good question. Just bring your King James 1611. Bring, bring yeah. your Greek and Hebrew. Do I need to bring yeah. my your Like what do I need? Yeah. Yeah. Just the ESV concordance, the interlinear, you'll be fine. No, um, I, I mean, I think most of the guys there had ESV, but they they made comments all throughout, like we're, we're not, you know, endorsing one translation over the other. Obviously, in those types of camps, typically a more literal translation like NASB, ESV, those types of things are more common. But yeah, no message. If you, again, if you show up with a message, you're a noob. They're just going to put you in a corner. You'll you probably get I, I, I laughed go out of the room. Out of my backpack. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't do that. Um, no, I think overall they were. I mean, the the preparation, the emails, and all that stuff were really helpful. I don't think I walked in, you know, unprepared for anything other than just I didn't know what to expect, which that's unavoidable. Um, but I do feel like the strengths are are so good with the variety. Again, you know, you get demonstration, you get explanation. And then in the small groups, that was in, that was probably the most intimidating environment for the first year for me because again, I'm bringing my work and I'm I'm handing it out to the entire group. Again, you don't preach anything; you just say here they you know we read the text out loud, we read my passage, and then someone to my right or left is kind of my reviewer or critiquer, and I just walk through my worksheet and explain, hey, here's what I found, here's why I came up with this, here's why I came up with that. 
And then I have five minutes. They actually time you. It's very strict. You have five minutes to present your work, no more. And then the guy to your right or left has, I think, one minute to respond. And they, again, it's timed, very strict. And they're like, you get, you know, tell that, tell Brett one thing, you know, you really liked about his work and then give him some, you know, constructive criticism that he can work on or ask him a question about his work. And then after that, then it opens up to the rest of the small group. And same thing, they get to ask questions, they get to say, you know, why did you, where'd you come up with that? Or they can say, hey, that was really good. I didn't notice that, you know, and so it's, it's, that's the most intimidating environment for me, because obviously, it's like, you're standing there, and you've got all these other, typically, they're pastors, um, or leaders, or, you know, elders in churches, different things. So these are, these are guys who know the word. And you're kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of putting my work out there. And you get to kind of get critiqued on, are you kind of interpreting or exegeting the passage? Well, did you miss the mark? And there's obviously some nuances, you know, about interpretation, you know, like, well, I, I see it this way. No, I kind of see it that way. And I feel like the small groups have always been very gracious about that. I mean, obviously, there's things that are majoring on the majors. There's some, you know, interpretive things that are like, well, that's going to be a difference we disagree on, but that's okay. But that was probably the most intimidating environment, but still very helpful because in a room like that, you've got such wisdom from a lot of other guys. And one of the other strengths of, I think, Simeon Trust is all of the small group leaders are highly experienced and trained small group leaders who've been doing this for probably five, six, seven, eight years. So they know the Simeon way, if you will, but they also are are pretty knowledgeable Bible students that are going to be pretty um, knowledgeable as well. And last thing I'll say, then I'll be quiet for a minute, is uh, the small group leaders have to go through a training even before they start the workshop. And so it's pretty cool. The small group leaders show up a day or two before they go through all the passages together, all the leaders, and they make sure they kind of have a general sense of what the text says, the main things, melodic line. That way, when you get into small groups, they're not going, oh, that's a great question. We have no idea, you know? So yeah. it's it's very, very well prepared, I feel like, um, from beginning to end. So Okay, so, uh, you know, we're not sponsored or anything by Simeon Trust. We love these guys, but I think that we'd be open to some critique, at least from our perspective, if you could change one thing, if there was something you went, man, I don't know about this, or this is something I didn't like so much, or this is something I would think would be better if, is there anything like that you would change? What do you think you'd change? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we're going to have Kenny on and we can tell him directly, but no pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I honestly, I can't think of anything major um, at the moment. I mean, I think um, depending, and this is this is so circumstantial, but I mean, sometimes some of the small groups that I've been in, um, I did feel like some of the small group leaders were not as prepared as some of the others. And I think that might just become may- maybe just more from experience, personal experience of being in the word and, and doing exegetical work, maybe a certain way. But, you know, that's that's kind of a light critique. Overall, I really don't have much to critique. I feel like it's a pretty helpful thing. The the very the variety of the content and learning stuff I think is so helpful. Um, but you know, there's there was one year that I had a like if, so every small group leader also has kind of like a co leader, and sometimes those co leaders, um, you know, I just feel like um, weren't as prepared and helpful or even in the comments and the critiques and stuff it's kind of like i don't think that's even really what we're talking about so you know uh some some of those guys are learning and that's why they're a co-leader they're kind of like a small group leader in training so you kind of have to give them grace on that 
what happens afterwards? Like, is there encouragement to be in a cohort? I mean, you guys are, are all those people right from the Des Moines area. Do people fly in. I mean, we're driving 12 hours to go to one, but was there, I mean, what, what was, what was kind of the after just nothing. And then you hear about it again the next year or what happened after you were done? Yeah, that's a good question. And maybe that would be an area maybe that could be improved. You know, there is no follow-up necessarily for anything. It's just, here's the workshop. See you next year. Now, most of us are in Des Moines for the Des Moines one, um, but they're all over the state. You know, they travel to Des Moines from all over the state. Again, if you're in Des Moines, you know, we uh, some of us pastors know each other from being in the same city. But yeah, there is no additional connection or sharpening throughout the year, which maybe could be a great feedback for critique or a suggestion is, you know, maybe there could be a local component throughout the year to kind of keep touching base or certain things like that. But yeah, most of the guys are familiar, but there's really nothing that's going on throughout the year. Would this be something that you would find? I know we're running out of time, Josiah, the timekeeper. He's keeping an eye on me. Would this be something that you would find would be valuable to travel somewhere else like let's say we let's say you might come to the la one is it LA, southern la wherever yeah. we're going southern california mm-hmm. like hey would it be if you knew other guys around the country would this be something that you think would be valuable to say hey let's all go to the same one in this location so you're networking with those individuals or if we hosted one in salt lake if they'd be so gracious to put one here whatever would is that something you would feel like it's worth doing or, or are we crazy that we're going to drive to la to go do one of these No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I mean, I would probably travel to go one. I mean, there's a lot of guys that do that already as well. They'll say, you know, yeah, we we see that, you know, because not every workshop is doing the same book across the country, right? And so like we did John this past year, but other groups are doing Matthew or whatever. So if you've got a specific book or a certain group of people that you want to connect with and network with, I mean, I would probably do that. You'd want to go um, where it's not freezing cold, huh? Like, oh, yeah. Cal, let's go. <laughs> yeah, they have it in October or November every year in Des Moines, and it's not typically snowing, but it's usually pretty cold and kind of miserable. But I live here, and it's only 20 minutes away, so I can't complain. The lodging costs are free. so <laughs> There you go. Hey, we didn't do this at the beginning. Um, we need to do, like, how do we connect with Brett? You want to cover all that? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, if, if so, you're, you said you're an associate pastor at a church in Des Moines, if somebody's in yep. the Des Moines area or they're traveling in for the Simeon Trust workshop and they're looking for a church to visit that week, how do they find your church? What's your church? Or how do they get a hold of you if they have questions for you? And how can we connect yeah. with you, Brett? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the associate pastor of discipleship at the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. Um, they can find our church website at themissiondsm.org. Or if they want to connect with me, I have a website that I need to update terribly um, <laughs> at displaythegospel.com. So awesome. So displaythegospel.com or themissiondsm.org. It's how you can get a yep. hold of Brett. If you're in the Des Moines area, give him a call. Let him know you're a salty believer listener. Maybe he'll take you out to lunch or something. If they've been but, listening for a long time, they'll remember all yeah. the episodes Brett was on. <laughs> Blast from That's the right. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Brett. I appreciate it. Uh, until next time. Thanks for listening. Salty Believer Unscripted is a production of saltybeliever.com. Visit the website to find more resources like the podcast you've just listened to.